All right, we are in hour number two of nonstop action and fun and excitement here in the exhibit hall, Shape Nashville, the US Games and Open Booth. We are probably our most prestigious interview <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the day. Yeah, yeah. We have bona fide, legitimate no pressure. award winners. Uh, the names and the voices might sound familiar if you are familiar with the Pedal for PE project that we that we participated in in Baton Rouge a few months back. Uh, we have Amy Karam, we have Donna Newton from Eat, Move, Grow. They are here to receive an Open Impact Award, our, the, the first ever Open Impact Awards for all the work, all the time, all the effort, the hopefully not too much blood, but sweat and tears, I'm sure, that has gone on to... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to reaching schools in, not just in rural Louisiana, but all over Louisiana, uh, basically under-resourced schools. You two could probably tell your story better than I can, so who are you and what do you do? Well, we are the project uh, manager and the project director for Eat, Move, Grow, and um, what's unique about our program is we embed health educators in schools that would never have the resource to access those resources on their own. Um, and we were just talking about roaming around the exhibit hall here today and looking for resources we can bring home because we bridge the gap um, for people who are operating in silos without a lot of resources. So just like we were able to bring Pedaling for PE and the open resource to these schools, we look, we're constantly on the lookout for ways that we can build their health environments for children who wouldn't have access otherwise. Because many of our schools aren't able to, to, to come out to programs like this or to be part of programs like this. So we feel like you know, we kind of assist them with coming to finding things that will help their schools because no school in our region is the same. So we kind of have to look what will work for some of the schools and then find other things because of the different makeups of our schools. I feel like a, a common theme with a lot of the guests that we've had on today is just that the, the lack of equity of access. Uh, whether it's students who don't have equipment or resources to get the education they deserve, or teachers who want to learn more but teach at Rugon Elementary School where there might not be a professional development budget. I'm excited. Just I feel like nationally, um, Don and I have been working at this a really long time, and I feel like nationally health equity and um, social justice issues have come to the forefront and um, people are really beginning to realize the disparity that children face um, to oppor for opportunity. And um, so we're excited that we can kind of be part of that. And we definitely can uh, bring some resources home to some people who need them. Right. And I think that's the inspiring part, being fortunate to have been actually in your neck of the woods yeah. and, and see the work that you're doing. I think it's easy for me in New York City or someone in California or Texas to say, I want to help, I want to do more. You folks are actually the front line on the battleground. We are boots on boots the ground. Boots yes. on the ground. Absolutely. So you're tennis shoes on the court. We're yes. out there. Yeah. Literally, again, putting in the work to make sure that if we send an equipment pack or a curriculum, I think that's what makes it a diff makes our program different in that it's easy. It's very. It is easy to write a check and send a ball pack to a school, but the connection to make sure that they. For instance, we've been doing the painted playground process pro project, and um, amazingly, teaching Foursquare is challenging. Um, they really don't have the um, the culture. Like, where did you learn to play hopscotch? Who taught you that? 
your big brother, your big sister, your friend at school. Um, but that had kind of been lost. So kind of going back to the yeah. basics. Right. Well, and just to know, how do you do that? What, yeah. do you, what do you do with these balls? What do you do with these jump ropes? What are the games that you play? And I will give you an example. One of our schools um, that one of our coordinators went in, you know, they, they had a whole closet full of equipment oh and gosh, supplies, yes. but they really didn't have the tools to be able to go or have someone to give them just those little pieces to be able to, to, to use it. One of the so, things, you know, you kind of, a lot of times you're bombarded with a lot, you know, everybody's like, oh, I have this newest and greatest, but they send it to you. And our teachers, you know, are there early in the morning and physical activity is one of the small pieces. They're worrying about these children, you know, their home life, what foods they have, you know, did they have, did they have a bed to sleep in? I mean, you know, they are dealing with other problems. So they're not, they don't have the time to start reading and figuring out how we put this together. So that's where Eat, Move, Grow and our coordinators come in. They have that one-on-one -on -one hands-on you know relationship with that school so they'll go in and they'll say oh I see that you have all these US games balls and everything here's the open curriculum you know let me show this, you how to use let it. me show you how to use it let me show you there's an awesome game that you can play and it's gonna help your kids to learn this and once the once you kind of it's kind of like you give them that hook and you kind of slowly start reeling them in and they're like oh that was great let me find what was that what was that website where can I go but you've given them those tools and then they can expand on it and embrace it sure. so on our staff we have a certified yoga instructor physical education specialist An awesome teacher you know that was in the elementary school that we brought in a gardening um, expert, a gardening expert an early elementary specialist and now we have a research um, someone that has spent a lot of her time doing some research so we have we have a an eclectic, eclectic, eclectic yeah. but they work well as a team that's amazing yeah. Can you share any any little updates or tidbits as to how the schools that we did visit when we were down there, or how they do it, how they progress? I will. I will share a tidbit with you. So we talked about the fact uh, Don and I were talking about what, what are we going to say when they ask us what did pedaling for PE mean for our schools, and it um, it really helped us. Whereas we were so busy doing the work, we were not really doing a lot of we were not putting effort into promoting it outside of our own schools we had really our hands were full with the schools that we had so we weren't out shopping for new for new work but um, no we said last night we used to you know we worked and everything but we were not as busy and as world travelers as yeah. we are right lately <laughs> or state travelers you know and that's where one of the things, you know, it's just bringing our message, not just in this one area, but expanding the message and the work that we've been doing um, and has our worked. visibility, I mean, within, so watching all the stuff that we were doing with Pedaling for PE, uh, a local professional athlete out of Lafayette, Louisiana, who's close to the area that we were pedaling through, um, saw our work and was like, wait, this is exactly what I'm interested in. I have foundation dollars that I want to place in rural schools. And so directly related to our Pelling for PE project, we've partnered with Mikey Machuk and his foundation, and he's put $25,000 into the rural schools that you visited. So yes, it brought attention and new dollars and um, 
new opportunities for our schools. So we're very thankful. And really just even to expand on that, this past week we worked with um, another school and there was an, um, an athlete who plays overseas and he had a connection to that school and he was like, you know, this is something that I want to start working on. You know, I want to, I'm not quite there yet, but you know, as I build my foundation, you know, I want to continue the work. So it's giving, it's giving other ones a chance to, to be a part and to really put, put dollars and resources into the areas that really need it. Because sometimes we want to do things, but we want to really know what we're doing and, or we don't know what to do. You want to know what's going to have an have, impact. Have, have. I selfishly would like to think that Mikey Matuk, Detroit Tigers, any professional athlete would not have had that awareness if it wasn't for the light that was, no, was being shown I mean, down there. I can there. tell you that was that was directly related. He was watching what was going on on the on the Twitter. Everybody was doing a great job getting those tweets out there. <laughs> yes. You know, because our little our little group is very compact, but when national groups and groups like y'all's were able to tweet and and really show what we were doing. Another thing that expanded the, the definitely re related to your work um, is how our social media has grown. Wow. Our new Facebook friends, our new Instagram <laughs> friends. Thanks for giving a shout out. All those new followers. Yes. So yes. anybody who wants to find out what we're doing in rural schools, just look us up, uh, follow us. We yes. try to keep. Um, that is one thing we try to do is make sure that we are on a daily basis putting stuff up so people can see what kind of work we're doing. And now that's at, at Eat, Move, Grow LA? Yes, at yeah. Eat, Move, Grow LA. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Again, as a, as a human being, as, as an individual, I couldn't be more thankful to be part of that project. I'm so glad that... No, we're more thankful to, to y'all for, um, for pushing us to do it. And, yeah. and where, where did that connection happen? Jam Stringer happened to, we were at a, um, the state PE conference state in Louisiana. P yeah, at Layford, um, and we were sitting down discussing as we do with our team members, just, okay, where are you going? What are a few things that um, we're looking for and everything? And he happened to pass by and he knew one of our coordinators. And so he's like, you know, this is what I've been wanting to always do is pedal, you know, bike, bike through rural communities and rural schools and make all these stops. And of course, we bit. We bit. What the heck? And we really, you know, we had no way of, we couldn't even envision what was going to happen. We didn't know what pedaling for PE was until about two days into it. No, we were like, this is what this looks like? Yes, this is what this is. I thought I might lose all my staff. Really? It was created on on the road, literally. Yeah. We, Nick Klein's going to ride a bike into my gym? What's yeah. going we, We'll find out tonight who's more thankful when you two are strutting your stuff yeah. across the stage. Uh, and we're yeah, lauding yeah, you with the yeah. appreciation and the praise that you both definitely deserve. Very excited for that. Well, um, we do hope, though, and that's been our conversation, is that I know when we originally spoke with Jim that he had tried to pitch this in some other states and it had not gone. And so now... And, we didn't know what it was going to look like, and it was kind of created on the fly. But now that it was successful and it has um, resulted in new opportunities for schools, we really hope other other states, other states and community jump on board. Community sure. groups will will jump on board, and if they have any questions and they want to know the good, bad, and ugly, and the fun, <laughs> fun and wonderful, and fun. It was it was great. I mean, we in January had a teacher summit where we brought our teachers 
and they were still talking about it. Well, and we look, still had a lot problems of problems. Was some of our schools had their feelings hurt because problems. they're like, "Whoa, why we've been were doing we on this route?" No. No. <laughs> we're like, we'll, "We'll do something for y'all." We'll we be promise. back. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Donna, Amy, thank you both so yeah, much for again for all the work that you do, but also just for popping in with us today. The open thank impact, you for the invitation. We love being here. The Open Impact Awards. Uh, thank you. It's going to be an absolute blast tonight. Yeah. Cannot wait. We're looking forward to it. Thank, thank you, you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. For all of our New York fans, our East Coast bias fans, we, we do want to make sure we're giving RC State folks adequate Ooh. representation. We, we had Lauren Lieberman of SUNY Brockport fame. It's only fair that we bring the, the crown jewel of SUNY Cortland, Dr. John Foley. He's here to share some insight and wisdom, all things shape Nashville. Dr. Foley, how are you doing today? Doing great. Go Red Dragons. Go yeah, Red right. Dragons is right. Did you hear that? I did hear go that. Go Red Dragons. I did hear that. Uh, Dr. Foley, again, is, is one, of, one of the best in the business. He is a presenter. He is a, a doctor. He's a professor, a teacher. Uh, any, any other skills and tricks that we don't know about you? Uh, you know, just all around nice guy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, my kids wouldn't say that, though. <laughs> but everyone else would tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, so you had a session this morning. Correct. Uh, what was it on? How did it go? It went good. Uh, we talked about some research we did this last summer on capabilities, and we looked at self-efficacy, and that's the how well you feel that you're going to be able to make an impact on kids with disabilities working with them. And so what we did is we followed kid uh, pre-service pre teachers. That would be people going through their PE training. And what we wanted to see is, do they increase their self-efficacy or their belief in how well they can adapt PE for kids with disabilities? And what's neat about this study is they were working with kids with visual impairment. And what we were interested in, would their self-efficacy increase in other areas, kids with physical disabilities, or would yeah. they believe that they could also work with kids with intellectual disabilities or be better prepared for that? Because when we think about that, usually, they work with different types of kids and they get a little bit of exposure, but if they work with one type of disability, would that cross over and give them some confidence working with other kids? And it did. That's amazing. Uh, for those of you who are listening at home, I hope you realize that nothing we do is by accident. We successfully bridged the Lauren Lieberman capabilities, <laughs> Dr. John Foley, Brockport, Cortland gap there. You see how that happened? All in one afternoon. You see how that happened? Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like we planned it. I thought you did. You know, we, <laughs> Lauren and I have been collaborating on research for over 12 years, so we have a pretty tight relationship. I go up to capabilities every summer, work with her up there, and I just love what she does with the kids. With this, That's sensational. So now that your your eight o'clock session is done with, what does the rest of your schedule look like? Are you you have more sessions coming up this week, or are you attending other sessions? Yeah, well, right now it's a little bit after two, and I was supposed to be somewhere at one forty-five. It looks like I'm a little late for that meeting. <laughs> um, I think I missed that. Uh, a colleague of mine is presenting on some stuff that we did, also up at Camp Abilities. So um, I will right when we get done, I'll be running off to that to back her up. Excellent, excellent. Um, we're, we've been talking with a lot of people about the national conference in general, the awesome session, the, the wide array, the diversity of sessions that are available to you, but also acknowledging that there, for every you know three, four, five thousand people who are here, there's probably ten times an amount who can't make it to a national conference or don't even know we have a national conference. And I think that's troubling. And that when we think about this as our profession, think of how many people choose not to come. It's unfortunate also that I hear from people that their schools won't fund it. 
won't fund t travel to that. And I've also heard from some of the same people that, hey, the schools have money to send the English teachers and math teachers to their national conference, but the PE teachers? So I think we don't get the respect we deserve. And what do you, for, for someone who works with pre-service teachers, how do you advise them? What what wisdom can you give to help them avoid that that barrier or that obstacle when they get out into the quote unquote the real world? Yeah, well, the biggest thing is being your own advocate and being a professional. If you go in there and you're not professional in your work setting, how are people going to value that? So if you don't value it, or if you go in there and you focus only on sports, saying, okay, I'm here to coach, and you forget that you're also a physical educator, then that's what the administration's gonna see you as. And then they'll say, okay, we'll send you to a coach conference, but I'm not sure about sending you to this physical education conference. For sure. And if 22-year-old if Mike Martinez is listening to this conversation right now and thinking, you know what, I, I hear what you're saying, I should advocate more for myself, but what am I gonna get from a conference that I couldn't get at my state or local one? What is something that you've seen in these national conferences that maybe someone at home wouldn't know is available to them here? Well, you know, I, I think, because we're from New York. New York has a pretty good state conference. Yeah. Sure. And so we're kind of spoiled in the size of our state conference, but you go into some other states and they're very small or they're combined with a few other states. So not every state has a conference that's as big as what New York State puts on. They could come here and just see tons of provi providers, tons of content. You see all different uh, types of book, types of equipment, uh, different heart rate monitor companies, different software companies, different ball vendors. I, it, I'm just shocked at the, the amount of stuff. It, it, it is just stuff. You go down one aisle, <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait, another volleyball vendor. Oh, wait, another floor hockey. Wait, that's a cool floor hockey stick. I haven't seen that one before. You, you have uh, tennis is here. Uh, you have the National Tennis Association with their curriculum. You have the uh, field hockey, USA field hockey. The CDC's here uh, with some stuff on active schools. So many vendors with so much information. Take advantage of it. I think that's one thing that often gets overlooked and hopefully it doesn't get overlooked this year, being that the exhibit hall is on a different floor than the sessions. I think the, the I don't know, the misconception is that you come just for the sessions, which don't get me wrong, are a huge part, you know, learning yeah. from some of the best in the country, some of the best in the world, but there are things that you might not even, products you don't, might not even know exist. I'm sitting right, right next to a, a spike ball rookie set that I have never seen in person until just now. I'm like, hey, I can bring that back to my school. My kids would go crazy yeah. for that. Yeah, so. it's just so cool that you see the new stuff coming out or stuff that has been out and you just missed it. Yeah, for sure. And, and then that's innovation with products and, and goods and services, yeah. but then it's also innovation with teaching techniques and teaching styles. And there's just so much to, so much to soak up. It's Correct. crazy. Uh, today I was just talking to the CDC their physical education curriculum analysis tool, the PCAT. So that's been kind of dated for a while because it was based on the old standards. They're doing an update to it. And so I was able to go over there and ask, hey, when's the new update coming out? And they said, hopefully this summer. So those are the types of conversations or the things that you would find out that you don't usually have. And that's something I think, I mean, I've been to a few of these larger conferences now that I certainly, even when I came for a year or two, didn't necessarily grasp was that 
again, I think like we've said this a bunch so far this afternoon, the sessions are great, the knowledge is, is top notch, but the relationship, those conversations, the connections you make are almost as valuable. You might talk to a vendor who you have a great conversation with and then three years later, you find the business coming, oh yeah, this guy has this you know product and yep. it can take you your, your program in a totally different direction. So I think it's very, very valuable and probably overlooked more yeah. often than not. You know, it's funny you mention that. Not just vendors, but SUNY alum. Yeah. Go Dragons. <laughs> Go Dragons. <laughs> I, I had someone that he's teaching down in Virginia comes up to me. I haven't been back on campus since the 90s. Good to see you. Not that I was there when he was there, but he was just saying how great it was to see all the Cortland people and seeing the young participants, all the upcoming PE teachers that are early in their career like you guys. You know, people might not know that you people are young, <laughs> folks like me, youngish, youngish. but it, it's just so neat that, that this is the future of physical education, the next generation coming along, changing what we do, adding the night's groove to it. Now, to speak to that a little bit, what does it mean to you that Open works exclusively hand-in-hand -hand with the AMP Lab at Corp? Okay, the Activity Movement Pedagogy Lab. Yeah, so we're doing some really cool stuff with Open. So what we do is we pretty much host Open there. It's a great partnership. Yeah. So we have some students working in there, helping work on the working on aligning the, the curriculum to the standards, help generate content. So some of the things sometimes you like look at the uh, academic language cards. Well, that's probably generated by some student, one of the Cortland students, yeah. uh, helping out there. And so it's that partnership, but we also um, have Aaron Hart and Nick Klein in the offices there helping out. And it's just a wonderful partnership because with all our teachers, future teachers coming in, the interaction with them, plus our faculty members coming in, we have Dr. Bart hanging out down there sometimes, Dr. Kraft comes in, Dr. Momberg's helping contribute some stuff to the uh, gymnastics curriculum. We got all, all different people coming in, um, Dr. Bailey helping with some of the assessment stuff. Pe names that you recognize that are coming yeah. in, helping out, doing the Names of teachers who gave me an A once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got an A in uh, Momberg's gymnastics class. And, and that was tough. It was tough. He's, he's tough. So uh, what sessions are still on your on your radar for the rest of this week? Anything you're excited to, to go see? Any presenters are you? Hey, I, I got to catch this, this guy or this gal's presentation. Um, honestly... I have midterm grades due tomorrow, so <laughs> I, when I get after I go to the session, I have to go. I have to actually sneak back to my room and do some grading. Oof. Ooh. So um, unfortunately, that's going to happen. But tomorrow, I'm going to look. One, once I get that cleared out, then I'm going to start looking at what I can hit tomorrow. Well, don't nice. forget uh, Friday, I believe Friday afternoon. Aaron and Rich Wiles have their have their big session coming Definitely. up at two thirty. I believe yeah, it is. So hopefully your schedule is cleared oh, up by yeah. then. Well, they're due by noon tomorrow. So oh, even better. <laughs> uh, so my schedule has to be cleared by tomorrow. I got to yeah, get yeah. up. I'll do late tonight. Between grades that are due and meetings that you're missing, you're infinitely more busy than we are. Thank you for a few minutes of your time, Dr. Foley. Hey, really thank appreciate you very much, it. guys. It's been a blast. Have a good one. Take care. Uh, folks, just when you thought the fun and excitement was winding down, uh, Romeo Music is back with their... Romeo Music is turning up today. Yeah, back with their, their, their drum beats across the exhibit hall here. We're still at the U.S. Games booth, the Open Forum podcast, Mike Miller, Mike Martinez, and I almost kind of wish we had a whole separate hour-long yeah. episode for, this, for these next two guests. 
because this is a topic that I'm sure millions of people across the country want to hear more about and eventually will hear more about. But we're dropping some knowledge. We're here with Susan Yesalonia of Vermont Agency of Education and Caitlin Anderson of the Cooper Institute uh, and Fitness Graham, all things related to fitness assessment, and hopefully get some information about the undertaking that Vermont schools are about to go under in implementing Fitness Graham assessment across the state. Susan, can you talk a little bit more about what's going on in Vermont? Sure. So in October of uh, 2017, the state of Vermont adopted Fitness Graham as our health-related fitness assessment and for data collection for ESSA reporting. Um, this is a pilot year, so what we've been doing since October is laying out our trainings and conducting them. Uh, we have 57 school districts, about 280 schools. So we're, we have a training plan. We've, uh, we're using the presidential youth fitness model. Um, superintendents appointed two PE teachers, a special educator, and then the district test administrator, which is the person who collects SBAC data or the NGSS data. They'll now be collecting Fitnessgram data. So these implementation teams at the SU level have completed trainings. Uh, we use the PYP model to train the phys ed teachers. We also use module one to train everyone in the room. Um, then Caitlin Anderson did a uh, fitness ramp software training for the groups and then uh, module two of the PYFP was completed in the, the full day training. I was actually fortunate enough to be in Burlington, Vermont at the Shape Eastern District Conference and do kind of a crash course on how to make PYFP and fitness gram assessment a little bit easier, a little bit more stomachable, I guess, a little, a little more digestible. And the teachers there could not be any more excited and eager to learn more about it. So it was a very exciting time and, and place to be. Caitlin, can you talk a little bit more about what role you've played in the training and how this came to be from your perspective? Definitely. So it's been really exciting. In Vermont, just since it, um, it is a little bit smaller state, we've been able to reach all of the teachers pretty much in the, in the state. So the um, Agency of Education kind of broke the, um, or identified kind of the two highest populated areas that were like, you know, kind of separated it across the state to be able to provide the opportunity for us to go out there and actually have an in-person training for the teachers, which has made a huge impact and allowed us to really connect with them to make the software a little bit more easy to, to use and understandable at that level. Now, when you mention doing trainings and piloting a statewide initiative, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, that sounds great. How does that work in my state? Where, where do we get funding from that, for this? Uh, how do we make it a living, breathing? So when the state adopted Fitnessgram, um, the state agency of education is purchasing licenses uh, for all schools that did not have one or renewing licenses for schools that already had an existing fitness gram li license, which was about 25% of our schools. So the state will continue, as long as we use this assessment, to fund the schools, um, and we will conduct trainings. So at this point in our training process, uh, those PE implementation teams from each SU are now training their district teachers uh, using the PYFP model. We're also offering webinars. So just last week, Caitlin and Gabe McGann, who's the person on our state assessment team, who 
who's managing the assessment, uh, gave a webinar on using FitnessGram software. Uh, next week, two webinars will be posted on our website. One that uh, kind of goes through module one of the PYFP model and introduces the um, assessments. And we're, we're really teaching about the four recommended uh, protocols, which are the pace of run, the sit and reach, the 90 degree push up, and curl ups. Now, who are those webinars available to? Those would be available to anyone. And They'll where be would on they our Vermont Agency of Education website, and I would say module one and two will be available later next week. Awesome. Now, why is this important for a state to be doing it? Why is Vermont doing this? Why now? I think, well, Rebecca Holcomb, our Secretary of Education, uh, she prepared an announcement for the state that was broadcasted at the Shape Vermont conference. This is about bringing all students forward. It's about equity, allowing all students to have the opportunity to have fitness education and so that we can collect data and understand their levels of health. We're also uh, using it because we know that uh, healthy kids learn better. And that whole child, whole school, whole community model, um, this is our way of supporting a child using a state policy. For sure. Uh, Caitlin, from your end of things, I feel like Fitnessgram has been around for quite some time. The Cooper Institute has been around years. for almost forever. Is this something that has been going on behind the scenes that where Cooper's been doing this and people just didn't know about it, or is this a new initiative to try to get even more involved in schools? So a little bit of both. Um, you know, we've had state partnerships over the course of the last few years. We've had five, um, Texas, Georgia, Delaware, Oklahoma, and South Carolina are all implementing at a state level. However, this is a whole new thing. We've never had a state really incorporate fitness testing as part of their ESSA plan. And so to see this unfold and having worked with Vermont over the last year or so, I guess now, um, it's been really exciting to kind of see this evolve and look forward to seeing what this looks like. It's a, the phys ed teachers, health teachers, special educators, they're welcoming this opportunity to use um, fitness testing to help enhance their programs. So it's an opportunity to make things better. Vermont has a lot of policies and rules written that support uh, the inclusion of health and PE with the ESSA plan, including the well-rounded education and phys ed and health. This is all, the toolbox is perfect for Vermont uh, phys ed teachers now to really promote their programs and advocate for more if they need it. And now, is this something that at the state level, you'd have to reach out to Cooper and say, hey, we're adopting this statewide, we want your help to get us to the level we need to be at? Or does Cooper identify states who are in need and say, hey, we'd love to help you, we have a product that you know, could and should get you to where you need to be, how does that kind of manifest itself? So we've kind of seen both models take place. What happened with Vermont is they had identified they wanted to include this as part of their ESSA plan, uh, released released an RFP, I guess it would have been about a year ago exactly now, mm -hmm. um, March of 2017, and then we, you know, worked collaboratively to propose a plan that we could use to implement Fitnessgram in that state, and it all just kind of evolved from there. Um, so that, that's kind of what that model looked like in Vermont. Uh, last question for my end, and then I'll, I'll let Mike jump in. If I'm if I'm a teacher from Vermont or from anywhere really who is hearing this and is a little apprehensive or a little leery about state mandated fitness assessment and not being comfortable with it, what advice would either of you give to say, hey, this is something that's very, very 
might be new, might be different, but it's totally worth it and can be done easily with the, the proper tools in place. So I look at working with my educators in Vermont, my phys ed and my health teachers, we're a team. I am kind of like your instructional coach from the state level. So as a team, uh, we have an opportunity to, again, create, add something to our programs, uh, collect data to uh, create a system of accountability for our programs, but we're, we're shifting. Okay, this is all a shift. It's an educational shift to include fitness as part of an accountability plan, as well as um, a shift for now being on the ESSA accountability plan that, that puts a light on the phys ed programs. And, you know, I try and ease the apprehension by saying, we're with you. We're going to provide the training that you need. We're, we have office hours to support them um, if they have questions. So uh, lots of email and communication. I'm not sure what Caitlin is getting. Yeah, and I would just kind of piggyback off that, um, off of what Sue was saying, that just seeing the support from the state and the opportunities that you guys have provided for training and that there is an open door that they can reach out with any questions, um, I think has been really instrumental in this implementation. I also think you guys have done a good job of explaining the why behind this, why we're including fitness assessment as part of this and how it's gonna ultimately impact the health and fitness of the children in, in the state of Vermont. Those would be the two biggest things that um, have stood up to me about the implementation. Now, we spoke to Dr. Lieberman from Brockport earlier today, and there's a connection between what you're doing and Dr. Lieberman. Could you speak a little bit? Sure. So um, we have a two-part training. The first part was introducing them to the first two modules of PYFP um, in a one-day training. Our second-day training is really about introducing Brockport Fitness Test. Um, it is compatible in many ways. Uh, Brockport's done a lot of research, specifically in five categories of disability, and offers modifications to the fitness gram test so that uh, more students have accessibility to the test. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So this is ongoing work. Uh, we actually have put together a panel in Vermont. We met for the first time last week, and this panel includes uh, physical therapists, uh, special educators, PE teachers, community members, and this panel will actually, their purpose is to develop our alternative assessment, which would be the one past Coop, uh, Brockport. So. I gotta tell you, as as neighbors, as, as Northeast neighbors, I'm excited to see how this unfolds in, in Vermont. I'm assuming that it's gonna go extremely well. Again, the teachers who I met with were very eager to, to learn and excited to see the overall sh culture of their programs improve once they have actual data to, to advocate for their programs. I'm excited to see where this goes. And most importantly, I'm thankful to both of you for your time today, for Papa Don sh shedding a little light on what's going on with Fitnessgram and Vermont. So, thank you. Susan and Caitlin, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yep. Bye. Folks, it is, what time is it? 3 o'clock? It is 3.05. It is 3.05. It's Wednesday. We're in the U.S. Games booth, Exhibit Hall, Shape Nashville. I would love for this party to go on forever, but sadly, all good things must come to an end. But we saved the best for last. You've seen them on Twitter. No pressure. You've seen them on Facebook. The, the Open Cheerleaders are here with us today. They're, they're going to take us out with a with a bang and a boom. Brandon Herwick, Elise Lachlan, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are dynamite. 
We are dynamite. And when you mess with dynamite, it goes tick, 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 tick. tick boom. Wait a minute, put a little boom in it. Like I said, the absolute best for last. Non-stop energy, non-stop excitement. I wish you could see the costumes they're wearing right now, but guess what? Costumes, these are uniforms. Would you like to announce yourself? Announce myself? Oh, cha-cha, boochie, cha-cha, boochie, roll call. My name's Elise. I like to dance. I have big plans, so check me out. Cha-cha, boochie, cha-cha, boochie, roll call. My name is Brandon. I like to play. I exercise every day. Now check me out. Open! I, I don't even know where to start with you two. I'm so, so glad you're sitting across the table from me right now. You guys have been entertaining every single human being who's walked by the booth today. There were there were some stunts, some lifts, some some cheers. Cheers. I, I saw a, a dance-off or a cheer-off going on oh, over yeah. there. Give us a little synopsis of what's been going on over the last few hours with you two. Uh, we're just, uh, we're very excited to be here, and we want to, like, spread that energy. Every, we, we all should be excited to be here in Nashville for this Shape America convention, and we just want to spread the love. Yeah, I agree, Elise, and I just want to say thanks, Mike and Mike, for having us on. It's a real honor and a, it's a luxury to, to be on the podcast. We've been fans for a long time, and uh, it's just really great to meet you both. Uh, I think, you know, the goal for today is really to, to hype up the booth. You know, the general uh, feeling of the U.S. Games slash Open Phys Ed booth this year is just really one of kind of a, a laid-back, casual, getting-to-know-you kind of, hey, this is who we are. We're teachers helping teachers. And you, you're a motivated teacher. So how can we help you? Because, again, we're teachers helping teachers. So we just want to be part of that and, woo, you know, kind of cheer it up, get people moving, bring them in, and just show them what we're doing, you know, Mike and Mike? What has been the, the general response? Have you gotten some weird looks that you're decked out in, in uniform? Well, we, we don't worry about those weird looks. We just go. <laughs> we just do this. I take we, them as compliments. Like, we just keep on moving, and we keep on keeping the energy out because, like, we are going to do us. We do us every day. This is what we got, so this is what we're going to do. You know, and a lot of people, it's the first time, and even if it's not their first time, it's kind of an overwhelming sense in this exhibition hall. You're like, wow, you know, there's so many things going on. So I think to be able to point them out, to, to be able to give them a cheer and bring them into the booth, it takes that kind of like bewildered, overwhelmed look off their face and it replaces it with a smile, contagious, laughter, smiles. It's just, it's just really amazing. Now, U.S. Games and Open, and I'm not sure if you actually, I'm not sure how many different characters were just unveiled there. I, I feel like you, you turned Irish all of a sudden as we were going through there. We can get back to that later. Uh, U.S. Games and Open are constantly trying to challenge the status quo, do things that have never been done before. I feel like this booth set up, for those of you that can't see it, is very revolutionary in the way it's set up. The fact that we have actual living, breathing cheerleaders in the booth entertaining people, as far as I know anyway, has never been done before. One other thing that I don't think has ever been done before, and Mike and I alluded to it in a previous interview, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw Elise taking part in a lift as a flyer, <laughs> and then Brandon lifting the lifter afterwards. Was that rehearsed? Was that planned? How did that come to be? No, actually, so part of this all is like accepting the yes and in improv, and you just go with things. So when Will asked me if I wanted to get up in his shoulders, he was like, oh, but you're wearing a skirt. And I was like, actually, these are shorts. So of course I will go up in a lift. 
Because when you're five foot one, everyone wants to pick you up. So I, I, you just roll with it. You say yes end, and you keep on going. Whereas I see the opposite challenge. I see Will Potter as like six foot six, and I go, I want to pick him up. <laughs> I had to get there was like a there was like a stem like kind of muscle relaxer over there, and I definitely like did a little massage afterwards. Uh, but I think that's it. It's like meeting people you see on Twitter or like you've heard about, and all of a sudden you meet them, and you're like. I just need to give them a big bear hug and say, like, I appreciate so much of what you do and I love you. So, yeah, it's, yeah, that was not planned, but it certainly was enjoyed. Yeah, I think it wouldn't be hyperbole to say that you two have kind of been the de facto stars of the show. Again, people have seen you on the internet, they, you're easily recognizable, but to kind of flip that script. Who has been one person that you've seen so far this week? They're like, oh my god, I can't believe I see so and so. Well, actually, Will was one of those people for me. Yeah. So um, and here I, you are on his shoulders. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> uh, Will. So it's like a. I'm like kind of a quiet storm on uh, Twitter when I like get on there. Like I, I do a lot of things, but like I'll go dark for a long time. But like I will kind of scroll through and lurk through, and Will is one of those people that like I make sure I check out. Terry Drain, another one of my heroes. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to talk to her, but I saw her and gave her like a little wave. I've talked to her a couple times before, so it's always nice to uh, have those moments when like, you know, those those people that you connect with online, you get to meet them and you get to like make that real life connection. Uh, it's, it's really important, but it, it keeps me going. Absolutely. How about you, Brad? Oh my gosh. Got down to the lobby this morning and it was like a who's who of amazing people in phys ed. Last night, backtrack, our flight got rescheduled, canceled, then switched. So we get here, the first person we see, Sarah GH. Sarah! And she literally let out a squeal of like, ah! Big hug. Then it was Betty Caldwell. Then we met the Australian guys. Then this morning, I literally am sandwiched in between the amazing Artie Kamiya and the incredible Jamie Sparks. And it's like, I I have this, you know, it's what you look like when you're in the middle of greatness. Then... We're walking to the elevator. There's Dr. Cooper, a living legend, walking there. So gracious to take a picture. I mean, there's countless people to, to name. Just among the Open Phys Ed national trainers, you, you, you get starstruck. Well, it's one of those things, like the Open trainers we're like uh, it's like going to summer camp when we have our, our training and like whenever we because we are all across the nation so when we get to see each other that is always like a really it's like seeing your cousins that you don't get to see very often they're like your family and you are in regular contact with them but like we just get excited to see each other because we just like we have that very concentrated time over the summer where we have our annual training and it's just like you make these connections you play games with each other you do all the stuff and then you don't see each other for like half a year and then you know the next time you see each other you know Roy the last time I saw Roy he was getting ready to be a dad now he's a dad you know so it's like you are keeping track of what's happening with people but at the same time when you are we're all able to get together like the family gets together it's nice absence makes the heart go for mm-hmm. that it does uh, this morning was was a real treat for me I guess I lose track over time now that our open national trainer family seems to be growing and growing and growing, of who has met who and who hasn't, yeah. I seem to have forgotten that Brandon was not in Asheville <laughs> when I met everyone. Not, not Nashville, Asheville yeah. when I met everyone. So to see you come in and like, oh hey, great gosh. to meet you in person. Oh, great to meet you. Yeah, it's, it, it's really exciting, and I hope it's not lost. I know we're a little spoiled. I'm a little spoiled that I work and am as close to the two of you. 
I hope it's not lost on you two that so many people here feel the same way about meeting you. This is like, I, I came across the country hoping to meet the, the crazy guy with the costume changes from the from the YouTube videos, and here he is. I see Elise like she's she's energy and, and, and gunpowder and all these things mixed together, and here she is in the flesh. So I hope I hope that's not lost on you too. Yeah, you know, and I want to say it's really special. The last time I was at a Shape America conference, Shape was not a thing. It was called Aford. And I met a lot of people as a student, so to come back as a professional is a really special thing. To have open, kind of be the, the gateway to come back and to meet so many amazing people is incredible. And then to meet some new people too, like Stephen Ritz. I'm sure he's going to list amongst the people that he's met, Deepak Chopra, Oprah, and the Pope. Now he's going to say, I met Brandon Herwick and Elise Locker. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a really incredible thing. You know, and a shout out to him for inspiring us this morning with the, you know, the, the Green Bronx machine. The, those are just really special things. I want to give a shout out to Christina Politaco, the Miss Phys Ed, though, because I have not seen her yet. Oh. And I'm looking forward to that. But I mean, you see these people on Twitter, and, and, and we keep talking about Twitter and social media. Those are huge motivations to get on there, because when you do meet the, the people in, in person, it's, it's immediately a hug or a huge handshake, you know? And, and it creates these friendships that you already feel like you know them. You know how to leave them up in there. I got a, a great selfie with Christina last night at the Chop Challenge. Was she wearing a, a winter hat she and a jacket? She absolutely oh, was. She was inside, too. I she is though, as so. amazing as she seems. Definitely try to find her yeah. this week. So I, 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 while I have the, the airtime, I also want to kind of tell the uh, story of the, the cheerleaders and how... Oh, Please yeah. do. Because this is... About. Yeah, how that came about. So... Um, Brandon and I, we work in the same elementary school, A.W. Becker Elementary School in Selkirk, New York. <laughs> and um, so we we have a PBIS, uh, be, it's a, a behavior system that we have in our school. And so our car character at assemblies, they were looking, they asked us to come up with uh, like an, an assembly. So we, we, because we don't get enough of each other working together all school year, we also work at the same summer camp over the summer. Oh my goodness. So, Shout out to... <laughs> JMU for kids. Joe Herschel. So um, we, uh, so I, I sat, we sat down and I was like, we should be the SNL cheerleaders. And so we watched all of the clips and we, it became like a character study. Yes. And we rehearsed the dance uh, and it was the one where Will Ferrell actually picks up Sherry O'Terry and like <laughs> spins her around. And uh, the kids loved it, the teachers loved it, and so it became a thing. Like, hey, can the cheerleaders do this for character at assemblies and everything? So like our students are like well aware of the Becker cheerleaders. So that's why in the first video you see us in our Becker cheerleading uniforms practicing for our next Becker cheer yeah. event. And then we get called up to the big leagues. So that's that's the uh, originating story. If you search um, the interwebs, you can find, shout out to Jim DeLine, his orchestra. Oh, we yeah. did it for the teachers. We got all our teachers lined up. Can't spell hope without P. And we did the orchestra to, to motivate our teachers too. So. If they, and they love that too because uh, you know schools we're all about teachers we're like you know the teachers are there for the kids and so we wanted to recognize not just our phys ed community so we used that uh, to recognize our whole school community that's incredible uh, big night tonight yeah the open impact awards uh, celebrating some some pioneers in our industry some trailblazers uh, really really giving thanks and shining light on people who probably never get that attention but are incredibly deserving of it. 
are the cheerleaders making an appearance at the Impact Awards, or will we be changing into slightly more formal wear? <laughs> yeah, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be changing into uh, formal wear. I know. Uh, but we're trying... See, the, the crazy thing about the... Not crazy. Uh, the important thing about the Impact Awards tonight is that uh, sometimes when you're a phys ed teacher, you go into school wearing your like jogging pants or whatever every single day, and it could it can have a detriment to your self confidence because like how are people seeing you? You're dressed in pajamas every day. Like some people, like they come up to me and they're like, "Oh, I wish I could be comfortable like you every day." And it, it it's it can make people feel like maybe we're less or that we're not being taken as seriously. So to have a formal event like this tonight, it, it's it's really important to our profession. I think to 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 say we have awards. We you know we are professionals. We know how to operate in these scenarios, kind of thing. Like I, I think it's gonna, it's a really, it's gonna be a nice thing to do, uh, and to have a cocktail tire is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, like any superhero, just because they're not wearing the costume or the outfit, doesn't mean they can't fight crime and save the world. So just because we won't have our sweatshirts on and we won't, you know, have our cheerleader outfits, does not mean we won't be cheering other people. So hearing voices in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that a normal occurrence or is it just uh... No, yeah, just on podcasting. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you can expect some really fun surprises, though, and some really fun celebration. Some really... F- my, my audio just went up. Some really fun... <laughs> can you still hear me? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. Some really fun uh, uh, celebrations of these teachers that have worked really hard, which brings me to a really important point, an integral point, an imperative point. Mike and Mike, you've been doing a fantastic job, and I just want to give you a huge uh, uh, <laughs> on a well job well done, sizzle, 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 well done, because what you're doing, getting everyone's voice out there, and being so open, unintended, uh, to, to include everyone on the Open Forum podcast is really special, and uh, I just wanted to really recognize you too, because you are fabulous, phenomenal people. Uh, on maybe someday we'll share the story of how we met Mr. Martinez. That might be a, a, a separate episode all it's unto itself. We'll leave it on the edge of the seat there. I can't wait for tonight. I, again, I would love for this to go on for the rest of the day. I feel like my counterpart here is going to kill me. So let me tell you a story about <laughs> the first... <laughs> if we don't get this gear packed up and back to the hotel we've, room... We've got to get to the Hall of Fame. I'm sure you two clean up just fine and dandy. It takes a lot of work to make us look beautiful. Uh, we, we got shirts so iron, but at least me, yeah, for sure. Uh, but we'll see you on the red carpet tonight, you right? We'll see us on the red carpet. Thank you both again, just for just the positivity, the energy. I know coming in late last night, being up late last night, might not be the easiest thing to get to get thrown around by strangers the next <laughs> morning. But you two pull it off in in stride, in stride, yeah. in, in impeccable fashion. Well, hey, in the words of uh, Jim Deline. Good things happen to good people who do good things. So keep doing good things, friends. And speaking of good fashion, I will see you tonight dressed in the nines. Thanks for being on, guys. Thank you.